Good afternoon, everybody. It's 2.50 p.m. February 18, 2020. This is Just Talking Sports episode 10. We don't have the cameras in front of us this time. This is going to be just strictly audio-wise, but my name is Marcus Modi here. We are in the studio of WAPX-FM Clarksville's 91.9. I have Gabe Jones, Patton Cook here, and we're going to talk about a little Austin P. We're going to talk about some the all-star festivities, and then we're going to have a little preview of Wilder versus Fury, and also we got to talk about a little bit of this Cavs turmoil because, you know, Patton, he's somewhat sad and almost felt shit shocked, shocked, shed, shocked. shed some tears about that. But let's start off with Austin P because Austin P, both teams, the women's and the men's, picked up W's against the Kentucky teams. First off, they played against Murray State. And let's go with the women's game because that women's game, Gus came had a second – Second half comeback, it was about 11 or 13 points, I believe. And Brandy Furby had a really nice game, tied her career high with 20 points. Yeah, and she's done this a couple times this season to where uh, a lot of the times the the governors kind of are in a – they're doing good on the defensive end. They're just kind of waiting for someone on the offensive end to kind of take them to where they need to be. And the last couple times it's been Brandy Furby and – Early in the OVC play, she was kind of struggled, and she even said as much just confidence-wise she wasn't where she was her freshman and sophomore season. But now uh, she's shooting the ball with as much confidence as, as I've seen uh, in my three years here at Austin P. And she's also doing a good job setting up her teammates. I've liked how she's uh, kind of drove the ball and also kicked it off to Gonzalez Vonner, who is also another player starting to slowly get that confidence back up because a lot of the shots – that Gonzalez Vonner is missing is just point blank. And a lot of times you just kind of overthink those shots, where, whether you overcompensate the power or the touch, and you leave it short or you uh, leave it strong. So uh, a really good win that ultimately they needed to have, uh, that, that game to really set themselves apart and give themselves some cushion of the eight spot because only eight get in to uh, the OVC tournament. Absolutely. Brandy Furby played fantastic. She's been playing pretty good for the last few games of OVC play, um, especially here at home. I believe the game against uh, TSU, she had about 18. And then against Murray, I think she played pretty big for us as well. Um, one thing that our team struggles with is getting to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the best players on the team at doing that. And then also, as you said, Patton, I'm fairly certain that she has – a greater amount of assists than turnovers, like by yep. a yeah, good it margin. Was, uh, one point two five when I did my yeah. research before the EKU game, and that's something with Sawyer, who kind of struggles with as a freshman. Once she gets in that position in the paint, she doesn't know uh, whether to give it up or to go ahead and uh, shoot with the ball. But Brandy, as a junior, she's kind of starting to see the game slow down and know whether to dump it off or kick it out to an open three, which is another big thing. I believe uh, Maggie Knowles had a stretch in that game to where she hit some big three-pointers. So not I wouldn't say they're peaking right now, but to where they were a couple weeks ago, that's a lot uh, kind of a brighter outlook on life for sure. Because uh, you Gabe, you brought up the free throws. They went 19 of 22 against Murray yeah. State. So they was knocking down critical free throws like that. Brandy Furby went, went 4 of 6. Gonzalez Varner went 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Well, her her fourth quarter was amazing. Brandy Furby kept them in the game. I'd say the Furby first twins, half. the first half kept them in the game. And then the second half, you know, you have your third quarter, like who's going to take it. 
And then, yeah, Ariel Gonzalez-Varner, she just took over the fourth. I believe she scored like 12 of her 14 in the fourth quarter. And they also shut down really the player we were pretty scared about. I know all all three of us were kind of looking at in, in Macy Turley, and mm-hmm. she shot 3 of 14. And at the end of the day, that's not her missing open shots. There weren't many open shots to be had. It was a lot of the times Brandy Furby and also uh, Casey Kidwell and also Shaylee Kirby I thought did a pretty good job on uh, Macy Turley. So the defensive end has kind of always been there for the governor's just been executing on the other end of the floor. One that scared me if it seemed like in that first two quarters was Lacey Hawthorne. She yeah. she got hot quick, but they cooled her off. She uh, finished 6 of 14, had 15 points. She was the leading scorer for Murray State. And yeah. before in the past couple games, they've had games won, and they couldn't close them out. That Belmont game specifically really sticks out to me that they had really the game won. They hit the big shot with uh, Brianna Furby, but just couldn't get that key stop or key basket, and they're starting to do that now. Absolutely. They've had um, – in a lot of games that they've lost, they've been within five yeah. mm-hmm. with the last like five minutes to go in the game against good teams as well. Like we said, against Belmont, also against Semo uh, yeah. at the um, the first game here at home. That was a very close game that they could have come away with the win, but of course they didn't. Well, Semo uh, built the lead, and then also against UT Martin, mm-hmm. where. Probably the best player in our in the conference, Chelsea Perry. Yes, totally they had a chance in that game, um, but they fell. Um, right now, they're in the seventh spot, I believe. If no, they I believe they're still eighth. Eighth spot. They're well, still eighth. Because before it, they before the game, they were still at the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. It just increased the uh, right uh, lead because there was now a two game difference. Right. So or, yeah, if they keep the if they just stay in the playoffs, I think this team can. Get hot because we have shooters, Shaylee Kirby, Maggie Knowles, uh, the Furby twins, as well as people that get after it on defense. That's one thing that I love about this team. We don't struggle on defense, but if we can't hit the shots offensively, we and, can and, lose games. And quite frankly, this isn't an eight-seed type of team. I mm-hmm. don't think uh, Tennessee Tech or Belmont really want to face uh, some of these in their opening rounds of the playoffs. So although – Record-wise, they're not where they want to be. This is a tough team. This is a tough team. This is a tough out. Uh, just basically on the talent they've had, because I don't think there's any doubt this is the most talented team they've had uh, in, under the Midlick era. Because uh, as we move on to the their next game against Eastern Kentucky, they just dominated defensively against the Colonels. The most points that the Colonels had in the quarter was 19. The rest, I'll give it first quarter nine points. Second quarter, 12 points. Then in the fourth quarter, it was 13. Like, the Colonels couldn't do anything in the turnovers. That's one thing about Midlick is that if his team is causing turnovers, it's going to work out for him. Sometimes it might bite you in the butt because it's a risk-reward style of defense. But against Eastern Kentucky, they were just all over him. And really, this is more of a – you're going to give up easy ba- baskets, as you were saying, but you kind of reap the rewards later on in the game whenever kind of fatigue sets in for the other team and they just kind of have those laps of, of judgment. And, Marcus, I know for you that game was pretty much over from about halftime to me. Yeah. And uh, I believe I think Midlick had an interview where he wasn't exactly too happy and then immediately out of the halftime they were up 15 in a, in a blink of an eye. It was 27 total turnovers. I know because I was working the ESPN Plus broadcast and I had Bree Houston with me. That's one thing we kept pointing out throughout the whole game. And that was one of our keys was just if you are Eastern Kentucky, you got to limit the turnovers. But 
they just couldn't. It was a lot of air air it passes. And that was if you're on a defensive side and you go a full court press and you see a long pass about to happen. Cookies. If you can easy. get to it, cookies. Easily. Yeah. That's that's just layup opportunities then. Yep. Then Brandy Furby had another really good game. Six for eleven from the field, seventeen points, four of eight from three. Back to back really good games. He has been stepping it up and doing really well for this Austin B team. That's one thing I also wanted to point out with Coach David Mitlick is somewhat weird. His lineup against Eastern Kentucky was the first time throughout this whole season. Now, he hasn't went with a consistent lineup. And it somewhat concerns me when you're four games left of conference play. Well, I actually asked Mitlick about um, this. I said – I asked him – uh, do you worry about consistency issues with not having – well, with experimenting with so many different line, starting lineups? Um, he says no because obviously, like most players, most of the players get to play. They they run deep. They have talent deep in this team. So he says that's not an issue, but I would agree it would help with some more consistency as well as like a pecking order. And my, my ultimate worry is the past uh, – I've done most of the, the women's games this season on ESPN+. Plus. There's been a couple games where Gonzalez Varner hasn't – Even started. Hasn't started, and it's it's a weird thing because she'll come in about three minutes after after the tip, which at that point to me is sending a message to Gonzalez Varner to try and get her back into her graces. But here she started this game, and I thought she kind of had a little bit of a – Although scoring-wise, she wasn't it, but she just provides a presence that defensively not other players on this team can offer, and that's both a rebounding and also just a, a presence down low uh, to give your offense uh, something to think of. Also, her steals. I believe she's. I believe that she's the leading uh, steals person on Green this team. team. Yep. So she's a fantastic player and all around. Just and Brandy Fabry are the top two uh, in steals for this team. Yep. She just has to get her confidence up offensively, and Mitlick does believe in her. And many times that we've talked, he, he believes in AGV, so get her confidence up. What would your what, what would your guys' starting lineup be? Because <clears throat> I've seen it work best to where it's been Gonzalez Vonner, Kidwell, Maggie Knowles, and Brandy Furby. Um, then it, what was your last one? Be? You said Sawyer, Kidwell, Brandy. And Sawyer. Uh, I'd have Sawyer, uh, Brandy Furby, Maggie Knowles, and yeah. uh, Gonzalez Varner. And In my opinion, I would go with uh, Furby, Knowles, Varner. Probably I, w- I would say Kitwell as well. And I wouldn't mind throwing in Shaylee Kirby because sometimes yeah. she's a spark sometimes. Like in the game against Belmont, third quarter, she sparked that team. She's a dog sometimes. I think with me – I would go both both Furby twins, then go uh, Sawyer, Knowles, and Gonzalez Varner. You have more. You'll be able to space the floor out exceptionally well. You got Brandy running the point. Then you also can go two man action. Really, any per anybody on the floor at the same time. But and I like that defensively because I don't know if. I don't know how many twins are out there in women's college basketball, but I think that's the best defensive twin <laughs> pairing I've I've uh, had a chance of looking at. But both of those players play with uh, a lot of energy. Yeah, they get after it. All right, now switching to the men's side because the men have finally beat Murray State under the Coach Figure era. Slayed the Dragon. And it was a, a much-needed win at that because it put them in 
tie first place. We actually that's that was one of the first times that for me I was sitting as a, as a fan because you know I've typically done all the home games, right. Austin P conference home games, and I was pumped. I will I will say that I was pumped the whole time. It was good to see a Austin P win. Terry Taylor didn't have the greatest game. Still had a double double though, sixteen points, fourteen boards. Yep. Jordan Adams, he came he came back to life. He he had those little that little slump, but twenty points on the evening and the clutch three point play at the end of the game, that's all that they needed. And I think if you would have told uh Matt Figger that Jordan Adams would struggle in in this past three games, but he would be there when he needed him in the Murray State game. I think he'd snatch your hand off for that because both Belmont and Murray State has kind of been a a challenge, uh, shall we say, for Matt Figger. Hasn't beaten either of them before coming into the season, and here he has beaten both at home, which at home has been in a in another story. They're thirteen and zero this year, and their fifteen game winning streak at the Dunn Center and support hasn't exactly been perfect either the the place isn't even sold out yet so you just have to think if that were to be become a true fortress at home it kind of already is that but I, what I liked from Terry Taylor was he knew there were going to be a lot of scouts I know of at least one from the Denver Nuggets that was there just looking at the across press row we saw a, a Denver <coughs> Nuggets um, piece of paper or whatever out there but he didn't force anything and I, I quite enjoyed that and that sometimes that speaks more than uh, 30 points on 25 shots uh, just you kind of knowing picking your spots and knowing I'm getting triple team here no need to force it and that's kind of been a, been a big thing for Terry this year he's kind of learned when to pick his spots and get his points I didn't know that but Terry played every minute of that game so he might have tried yeah. to prove a little point to the scouting because you know last year John did the same thing he was, a lot of the conference game he'll play every minute just so he doesn't have the fatigue he does he knows when to make the right decisions from the first half all the way to the closing seconds of the ball game. And it's a different animal playing 82 games, and I think Jaw would tell you that right now because he's already played probably double the season that oh, yeah. he would already have played here in, in college, so it's a different animal. 42 he, games compared to at most, what, 27? Yeah. That, that's a big and at difference. The, and Huge at the difference. intensity of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the minutes as well. Um, against Murray State, I guess I, I don't have much to add. Jordan Adams obviously had a fantastic game, 20 points, uh, 8 for 9 at the free throw line. That's what I love to see. Whenever our teams can get to the line and not actually like make our free throws, Pretty hard to beat because I think we're a pretty balanced team as far as especially with pecking order because that's that's important to me in basketball. Whenever it's a game where one player can dominate the game, if you have a pecking order of this guy's going to get this shot or he's going to get us a good shot and you have a player that is unselfish as we do in a Terry Taylor. But that's the thing. You have two of those guys. Yeah, and we got yeah. two of them. <laughs> that, that's the thing that yeah. where it, it shows now – Conference play, like right now, mm-hmm. the you got you don't have to just key in on one because the other one can go and get twenty five. Absolutely, like you have to look at both. Like that Belmont, that Belmont game here yeah. at home, they have to realize and they you saw they noticed they switched game plans when they when Austin P went to Belmont because at first they were just trying to double team Terry, double team Terry, and then Jordan goes lighting them up. Goes off for a check and he's like, "You can't. You're gonna have to defend both. You're gonna have to have your best wing defender on Jordan Adams 
and then you're going to have to have your best post defender on Terry, just plain and simple, because you can't let one or the other beat you because they can win a ball game by themselves. I agree, and I, I love the core of uh, Adams, Taylor, Abayev, and Paez. Those those four right there, Paez being a fantastic point guard, does not turn the freshman. ball over much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, only a the, freshman. The, the, the so respect, much The respect that he gets now, because at first it was a lot of questions about this team, and then now that you're seeing Adams, he mm-hmm. can go get a bucket for you. And then you got Paez, who rarely turns the ball over. I don't think he's had a game where he's had over four turnovers. This yeah, season, and you have two guards that are some of the best ball defenders that I've seen. Well, really three because I'd put Jordan as as a guard as well. You've got Butler, Paez, and Adams. Who, that's the only thing. The only thing about Butler that gets me is he fouls too much. Yeah, that, that's the one thing he can. He's a good, really good defender, but he leads the team in fouls. And you're supposed to be one. And you are supposed to be a veteran. That's that's one thing that gets me. You're supposed to be a veteran on this team. You was one of the two players that came back from last year. How can you really help out your team while on the on the he bench? Just gets after it, but yeah, you, you, like, you like the aggressiveness, but sometimes you can't be reckless. That's the that's the thing that gets me. A lot of times with his fouls, it be reckless fouls, and then now after you get pick up two quick ones, you might get a third one called on you, and you don't even foul the person, but the ref is already in your head. It's like in his mind, it's going to be like he's going to do something. And and kind of luckily enough, the governors have found. Pretty two pretty good players coming off the bench in Woodard and also Evan Henson, which they don't really skip a beat whenever someone gets into foul trouble. We haven't seen it with Terry or uh, Jordan yet with foul trouble, really. And another thing, we haven't seen both Adams and Taylor really go cold yet in the in in same game, uh, same which is going to be something we'll have to see. It won't happen very often, but you just hope it doesn't happen when you need it most in, in, in the, in the tournament. It only tournament. takes one game. It only <laughs> takes one game in a tournament in single elimination. Yep. So that's one thing you really don't want, hope yeah. if you are a governor for that to happen. But one, I will say one play that scared me from the Murray State game is when Antoine oh, Butler yeah. checked into the game. And so I was at Eves. I think it was Eves. It was, I believe it was Eves that knocked down that corner three because that was one of the only threes of the ball game that they had made. But he checks into the game, goes up three, inbounds the ball straight to Eves, pulls up corner three, tie ball game with like a minute left. And because it was all Austin P with the momentum. Like Austin P was controlling everything. He had the fans pushing him behind him. And then out of nowhere, tie ball game. My heart dropped because I was like, what are you doing? Like, it, it it I was so, and I could only imagine what those players are thinking, especially Terry, um, who's kind of been in this same situation where they've had Murray beat and they couldn't do it, and you're just thinking, well, here we go again. We're about to throw away another one. But to their credit, uh, I think immediately after that, that's the and one from Adams. Yep. I'm thinking so, mm-hmm. um, the the exact response you'd want to see from that team, and you kind of see. They don't mind going back and forth with teams. I know for us, uh, we're not really supposed to be fans, but we're fans. You don't want a back and forth game. You just love a you blowout. Wanna, you want to put the game away. <laughs> right. You just want to put the game away. Sometimes it be a nail biter. You you happy that your team win, but I, I know for so, a lot, lost. a lot is left out of you. A lot is gone from you after the, that the game. The stress, indeed. The stress that you have sometimes. I know for us specifically, because we commentate these games and then if you sit back as a fan and watching those nail biters the stress that you will yeah. have on a game like that where you're like bro don't don't blow this game don't no what are you doing what are you doing 
because and then you because all the momentum win. you had uh, going into that game, it's really lost because losing a rivalry game is some of the worst things you can do because the fans feel it, you feel it, and then the opposing team loves that they're being loud in that in that arena. The whole school feels it, right? The, mm-hmm. Because that's that's it's bragging rights. You 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 can go on Twitter the next the next yeah. after not even the next hour, and it, you can have fans be like, "Yeah, we just won," <laughs> tweeting it out. The camaraderie is great. That's the one. That's the greatest thing about sports. You can talk a whole bunch of crap, but at the end of the day, it's just a sport, just a game. And uh, unfortunately enough, that game doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't win at Murray in the in the coming weeks, because right Dude. now they're they're locked up at twelve and two in the conference. Hold up, bro. Are we painting up and gonna travel up there? Um, I'm, I'm gonna go. I, I'm, I don't know about painting up. But, if you can, but, if you can promise me my safety coming out of there, because I've I've heard some stories of uh, of some Austin P fans trying to get out of there. I, I'm gonna go. I will go. I have a friend that goes to Mary. I'm gonna go ahead and buy that ticket because that could be potentially for first place. So that's yeah. that's all the marbles. And that game might get flexed to a possible another ESPNU uh, game. And they, it's gonna be another. Eye opener, because also you got folks looking at Terry Taylor, but Jordan Adams, he might be getting a little few scouts to be looking at top five in the in in scoring. freshman scoring, I do believe. So, and there's some pretty good names just in front of him, Anthony Edwards, who we'll probably talk about a little later on in in the season. But he's got himself in good company. He's just gonna kind of do what Jaw did and really take advantage, him and Terry, take advantage of the moments that are about to be coming up because a lot of eyes are going to be specifically on this Murray game, but say you make it into the to March Madness, Jaw arguably had his best game, and that was against uh, in, in March Madness in the NCAA tournament. So there's moments that and these players – Once you got their right. win too, it, it brought a lot of publicity to the team and to Jaw. Because also that 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 dunk he did in the NCAA tournament, folks was folks was going Jumped crazy. Jumped over again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on. We talked about Austin P a little bit. One thing that to point out before we move on is that Austin P only has one more game at home. Mm-hmm. The last four games, three of the four are going to be on the road. But for both teams, actually, majority of these games they've actually beaten these teams, so they can just win out. Destiny both teams, is, both uh, teams have a chance of getting into the OVC tournament the first week of March. I know Gabe. Gabe is gonna if so if Austin beat women's go, he's gonna be able to get into it. I'm trying my hardest to get into it myself. Patton, I'm telling you that experience. Oh, I I know, and I I believe you got you got pictures with every NBA star. I think was there. You, uh, even we saw Magic Johnson there with. Uh, <laughs> Tampering, I, I'll say it. He, he was tampering for John Morant, but well, uh, is a lot of st- uh, this this lot popularity of, of the OVC. It's growing because you're seeing real talent come out of this conference, and the product, the basketball, isn't half bad either. That that is true. One, I had a great time. I did. I did meet Larry Fitzgerald, future Fitz. Hall of Famer. Uh, James Jones was also there. It was nice seeing the, the whole front office for the Phoenix Suns was basically there. That's not that much of a of a praise, so we won't <laughs> but, go too far into it. We, but it was still good seeing a lot of people there for all the games. Indeed. It wasn't just Austin P. wasn't just Murray State, but the Belmont game. A lot of people showed up, and I feel like a lot of Austin P. people should also come support 
because it's not a four drive at all. Evansville, Indiana, it seems it seems like it's a four drive just because it says Indiana, but it's nah, a few can, hours. Yeah, you can get through Kentucky in like an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, north. Yeah, but let's move on because Austin P. I feel like they're gonna keep rolling on. Let's go to the NBA. Talking about tight fourth quarters, man. I was standing up for that whole entire thing. <laughs> the All Star festivities. Yeah, and he's. Gabe was talking about the fourth quarter of the All-Star game where both teams, the score, the la- the, if you knew about the formatting, the the fourth quarter, it was supposed to end, like, the first person to score one to, to 24 points. So the actual total score was going to be to 157 because LeBron, Team LeBron was actually down. Nine. They were down nine, um, and they were trying to get to 157. But um, I guess before that, will we talk about Skills Challenge Dunk Contest? Yeah, we, 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 well, I want to ask you guys about the celebrity game because <laughs> do you do you guys think they should continue on with the celebrity game? Um, if they can get some celebrities, because I, 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 this th- this year it was somewhat weird. And my problem wasn't even uh, although before you'd have actual celebrities, I Quavo was about the the biggest guy they had out there, and before you'd have Kevin Hart and you'd have actual quality WNBA players because I, I believe Candace Parker even played mm-hmm. in, in one of these before but now I, I don't even want to talk about that I'd like to talk about what we'd like to do and that's the commentating atrocious I, I mean it was it was awful I, I couldn't I, I you'd had you ha- I had to put it on mute even though I wanted to listen what I wish they just had uh, a mute from the commentators and just had Stephen A and Mike Wilbon talking back and forth I think that'd be TV that I, I'd love to watch, but there's talk that possibly Stephen A. might actually play in the in the Celebrity All Star Game next Stephen year. Stephen A. Stay on the bench. Stay on the bench. I would love. I would love. <laughs> you know what? Don't I'll, do it to yourself, Stephen A. Stephen A. Should do it just because to have fun oh, and just to, you know you know how crazy social media would be. Have him have, and, have him and Skip Bayless because all <laughs> all the talk about Skip Bayless is uh, high school. Yeah. 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 Give me Jaylen give me Rose. Skip and Stephen A. A one on one. But that's the thing. I would pay to watch right. that. Everybody will tune in. That will actually <laughs> yeah. be a lot millions of views for that. Just to think of Stephen A. highlights or Skip Bayless oh, having highlights <laughs> from it. It would be it would bring a lot of yeah. It would oh. bring a lot of views to it because these no namers like. Although, I'll, I might get I a lot. Of, I, I, I might get a lot of hate from the Latin America, but Bad Bunny, who cares? Who, who cares? He's bad at it. He had the the two K guy. What's his name? Oh, Ronnie two K. Ronnie two K. He's bad. The only real player they had out there was uh, Famulos or whatever Famous the the hoops. And he's an actual hooper. Yeah. Like when B dot A dot was playing, he was. Yeah, they had actual, actual hoopers. And, and so. you had like actual old guys out there running up and the floor. It was just painful to watch them trying to throw up a basketball. But give us like actual athletes, like Patrick Mahomes. I think even no, talked the, about the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs <laughs> have him on contract where he can't he can't they do anything outside of football. You know that he can't even eat hard candy. And I I, I saw something. <laughs> I, I'd love to get a uh, like get some some of these past retired players. Get like uh, AI and Dwayne yeah. Wade or something like that. Some some reason I tuned in anyway because. There's nothing on. I, I think it was a Thursday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing else is on. NBA's off. MLB's not on. So I ultimately watched anyway. But just give more than me, who I'm foolish enough to watch it anyway. Give us a reason to tune in. I think that, that was a great. That's a good idea. 
You might you might need to do, throw a little pitch out there to the NBA about that one. They might steal my idea. I might have to cop. <laughs> we might have to copyright it. Put that. Put a patent patent on it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Skills challenge. I like that it was two big men at the end. I I thought Bam would I win. Called, he did win. I call. I actually Happy. did call Sabonis beating Jason Tatum, and I started dying when it happened. But I did want Bam to win it because Bam. Point Bam is actually real. Yeah. Thing, man. He's Point skilled. Bam is actually real, and that's mm-hmm. one another person you got to watch out for once he start getting that outside touch. Oh man, he's gonna be a fantastic player. He's already a terrific rebounder mm-hmm. and inside guy. Uh, he can bring the ball up the floor. They're 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 okay with him bringing up the ball, coming after a rebound, and he will find the shooters. You might see uh, a a Jokic. Esque in the East, because uh, that's exactly what Nikola Jokic does with uh, Denver. Exactly, and he has the passing ability. He has the he has the dribbles now. That's somebody you have to watch out for I, as I, a big man. I did think that Sabonis would win. Not not I didn't really have any opinion on, but whenever they got three or four shots in, I was like, surely to God, Sabonis is going to drain one here because Sabonis has kind of always been that mm-hmm. shooter, and Bam has kind of just now started to integrate that, but. Fair play to him, and I've I've enjoyed how they've started to get these big guys in it. Before it was just a guard-driven thing, but you kind of pump up the centers in the in the power forwards in the game now that they're just as skilled as some of these other guys. Because you always you gonna always anticipate a guard winning the skills challenge. It hasn't happened with it been three years almost. Yeah. Since uh, an actual guard has won the skills challenge. That's what Shaq was talking about. He was like, oh, you've only seen 30% of my game. If they allowed me to dribble, I would have <laughs> <Yeah>. did it. <laughs> I believe they, hey, we'll they, see him. And they pulled up a, a highlight of Shaq in, in, in the All-Star game, and he shoots a three, and it goes way off the right rim. It's like, all right, yeah, we, we, you were what you were. All right, Shaquille. Yeah. <laughs> and then moving on to the dunk contest. Oh, the three, oh yeah, the I want to talk about the three-point three point contest fast. was really good as well as Buddy Hill picked up that win. Yep. Yeah. Devin Booker, that that was a – What a showing from both of those guys. It was a lot of good shit. I think the first two guys maybe got to like 18. Yeah, Trey Young Trae didn't Young. do very well. Yeah, didn't do very well. It was Trey Young and Duncan Robinson. They yeah. were the first few. After that, I think the score to beat was like 23. And that's – a winning that's that's been a winning score in the I past. I like that four point yeah. uh, the shot. four point shot. Yeah, I think D book hit all four of his. Yep, man. And I like the I like the ideas that they're coming up with mm-hmm. now to try to change it and make it where it's not the same thing right. each and every Flat. year. They're trying to bring something new to the table, and these formats has actually worked. That's one thing I liked about throughout the all all everything outside of the celebrity game. I like the formatting of it. And seemingly the only thing they haven't changed is something we'll talk about in a minute, and that's the dunk contest. It's kind yeah. of stayed the same sort of uh, format. It should have been co-champions. Yeah. There's, there, it was, it's, I'm sorry, they should have been co-champions. Yes. Uh, Based on how Aaron Gordon had all 50s throughout. And, and, and I liked what Aaron Gordon said. He's like, they're paying me for four dunks, and I'm still having to say he got hurt. He got paid for only four dunks. So – it was kind of a weird thing. He took his shoes off immediately after, but because he thought it was over. Yeah, with. he just he just thought oh, it and was it should it should have been dunk over. over Taco Fall. I don't care if he's bending down. Your butt is seven feet in the over seven yeah. feet in the sky. But that's the thing. Your butt. Like, <laughs> now, what would what have people have felt if he just jumped over Shaq? Because that was the initial person he went after. Because Shaq wasn't gonna bend his head down or anything. He was just gonna be recording it. 
and you would just see him just jump over because if you look, if you, I know you guys saw the video of Taco Fall and Shaq, mm-hmm. that that difference of height. Yeah, taller, way taller. I mean, look up. Four inches is like four <laughs> inches. Yeah. So that you're telling me and Taco looked great, by the way. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the, well, what he was wearing that night. I mean, some people was bagging on his pants, but you come know, on. Ah. I'm not here. Hey, to that judge drip was he had that drip on for the dunk contest. That's all I'll say. But I think Aaron Gordon should have got it. It was somewhat weird because I really, think both it, it had to be a co champion because there was it was some really crazy dunks. You can't tell me it wasn't some crazy dunks and in the game. And apparently the judges were told uh that they had to pick a winner from from the last two dunks. So I thought both of those dunks were fifties. Uh you had a windmill at I the agree. free throw line. Then you had a guy actually jumping over who didn't really. Usually, a lot of times you see him put the 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 arm the on down. the shoulder and then lift themselves up. There was he, none of that. He spread Straight his line. legs outwards, just picked it up and put it in. So like that's that's why I also was confused. How was it underneath Derrick Jones when he spread his legs out? I don't care if he if Taco Fall flinched. He they didn't practice it. That's the thing. Off of a that's one thing I was confused off of it. And if if you if you're gonna like he say he didn't practice the dunk, any typical person is going to flinch when somebody jumps. Yeah. Nobody's just gonna stand perfectly still on it. But he still jumped over a seven footer. That's only that's been done what one time outside of Vince Carter. Uh, uh, yeah, a few. But regardless, to to clear basically clear him, he got his butt over his head to basically clear a guy that tall. That's an automatic win. You, that should have. If that was the first dunk, he should have won. I agree, and, yeah. and, and that's and that's the exact thing. Is the dunks from the very beginning were so good that you had to give fifties in, 50s, yeah. and you can't go any further up than fifty. And at the end of the day, they apparently the judges were forced to only give it to one guy, which I think that needs to be looked at. But I feel bad for D Wade because he's getting bagging on for doing what he was told. He, they they had to pick a winner from from the others. Another another guy who's not getting uh, really any talk, Scotty Pippen. I think he gave nines to both both dunks. Yep. And uh, hold and on, hold on, guys. I just got some. This was just tweeted out now by Woj. Reggie Jackson has reached a buyout with the Pistons and plans to join the Clippers. Hey, drumming buddies. Hey, okay, y'all what, gonna be what, the Cleveland. What are Pistons? the Pistons doing? The Cleveland what, Pistons. What are the Pistons doing? <laughs> I don't know. You say the Clippers, the Cavs, the Clippers. Okay. Oh, he's going. He's, to the, he's going Clippers. to the Clippers. Oh, I thought you said the Reggie Cavs. Jackson to the Clippers. I mean, the the rich get richer in the NBA. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. But Detroit is kind of I don't know what they're exactly trying to do. What are you doing? They're not they're not bad enough. Well, at the end of the day, this lottery anyone can get a, a top five pick. At the end of the day, but they're not bad enough to get a can really confirm top five pick. But they're trying to get free agents because they're freeloading all their big contracts. Who in their right mind is going to want to go to Detroit when Blake Griffin, who who was always heard as the only guy really left on contract? And that's the thing, though. Drummond just signed the deal. Yeah. And you just up and trade him. like Without notice, either. You didn't tell him or anything. That's you your just, franchise guy. And Without Blake Griffin, it especially is. Well, rip. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it threw me off because we were talking about a really good thing, <laughs> and then the Detroit Pistons wanted to just stink it up. It. Detroit basketball. 
Um, Things yeah, ain't but, been the same since Isaiah Thomas was in uniform. No, I take that back. Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Chauncey Billups. Shout out. But, yeah, back to All-Star. Um, as far as the All-Star game, the actual game, fantastic job, yeah. NBA, fantastic job players because the All-Star game could be competitive every year. The players choose not to make yeah. it competitive until the fourth quarter, and I think it was fairly competitive the first quarter. Second quarter got kind of weird. Giannis, whole bunch of dunks. Third quarter definitely got tight at the end, and that fourth quarter was immaculate. It's, nope. it's weird because uh, what we're used to is just the alley-oop show, the mm-hmm. last really five minutes of, of an all-star game, except I thought last year was a lot better, the defense, uh, especially in the last two minutes or so because it was close. But a lot of times you have blowouts, so there's really no point in trying hard. But give Chris Paul a lot of credit. He's the one who came up with this um, really format, and it's kind of a, a pickup type um, format that they wanted to try. And I thought giving – the product was very good, but also, yeah, the story of giving um, 100000 to each winner of the of the quarter to a, a foundation of their choice, which I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I think now, like, moving forward, like, if you have not just one charity, I think I think they could do multiple ones yeah. at the same time. Like, just say, like, if Team LeBron won all three, mm-hmm. give 100000 to one charity to another charity and then to wow. another charity. Because, like, you know how the NBA makes a lot of revenue off of everything. Yeah. So I thought it was a great opportunity. And also, it's going to vary from city to city. That's one thing I think moving forward could help them out. Also, it's more publicity t- towards the NBA. Mm-hmm. NBA cares. Like, what they've done really has just been phenomenal. What they did with this All-Star Weekend has the plan for the future worked tremendously the only thing about the all-star game finish with a bucket i like, agree and not and that free throws only, that's the only that's thing. my only gripe um as far okay so you guys think about this did they fix the fourth quarter of basketball games if they would if they adopted this format and say say the points doesn't go to 24, say it goes to like 30 or something. It's higher scoring games um, yeah. in regular season, but say it goes to 30 or something like that. Do you think that this could be an adaptation of the game instead of having like a foul game at the end of the fourth and making the My last only two worry minutes 20? Is some of these – I thought the fourth quarter just seemed Injuries. extremely long. Yeah. Uh, the only worry is, is say a team goes cold and you're out there for an hour and a half in the, in the fourth quarter and you don't really know what to do. Just think – when the Rockets miss twenty seven threes, garbage. <laughs> that, that's gonna be a long. That's yeah. gonna be a long fourth quarter. Not for the other team, correct? But it, <laughs> for somebody else, it can be a long fourth quarter. Or like in the finals with uh the mm-hmm. Warriors, uh, yeah, Warriors versus Cavs. Cleveland went unscore scoreless for like seven a seven yeah. minute stretch, I believe. So that we we'd still be playing that game, I think, <laughs> because really I think there was only one basket, and I think Kyrie had it with yeah. three minutes left, and no one scored after that. Exactly. Yeah. I believe that it wouldn't work out just because of advertising dollars. That's why. That's one reason why commercials. soccer. There's yeah, a, yeah. There's exactly, no commercials. No commercials. That's why soccer isn't a big thing here. Um, in a way, well, one of the reasons, especially with once again money rules, everything. True. Advertising dollars. They wouldn't allow that. So, but it was. It did make for a very interesting finish. Well, I they, hope that they, they can't keep change it. it back. I mean, yeah. With the amount of response, I think the players loved it as well. You mm-hmm. kind of had that sense of competitiveness at at the end of it so i'd be shocked if they change it back just because of uh 
how well it was received by everyone. I, I didn't see anyone really complain about it at until the very beginning. Like when that, whenever they first announced it, I had no idea what Woj sent in a tweet. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I just read. Um, I'm going to watch anyway, but I don't know what I watched. So, how do y'all feel about uh, the final lineups? The the teams that I think for I, Team LeBron, Chris Paul, LeBron. I don't know what Giannis uh, Kawhi was, was thinking. I don't know. Yeah, where, yeah. It, Giannis. I think Giannis put, didn't have a closer, and that's that's ultimately why he lost. Well, the thing about Trey Young, the man just turned the ball over twice, and he can't defend anybody. They would have just went to score on him every time. But they tried to dump it off against whoever was guarding Harden. You didn't even try to do a that pick too. and roll action or anything. But Harden is also like six foot five, six foot six, so he can actually like body up. Trey's like six foot. But, Zero. You know what I'm saying? Because that was the game plan in the fourth quarter down yeah. the stretch. They was just like. You know, my gripe, they they did do that. They did uh, pass then, to whoever Harden was guarding. But Siakam, why is he taking your last two I, shots? I don't know why he's. Yeah, I, him and I didn't like him and Embiid. It, it was just. Those were the closers, which is weird to me. I don't I don't know exactly who was on the bench, but my problem was the drafting of Giannis. I'm not sure he knew oh, that yeah, he could pick great. people outside of the Western <laughs> Con- or outside of the Eastern Conference because you saw you had Kawhi on the board and he took Joel Embiid. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, he said uh, he wanted to take his African brothers. So well, uh, Giannis is Greek, so I don't know. Well, no, he's Greek and Nigerian. Yeah, but he's Greek. Uh, it, it, I, I get it. Cool and all, but um, I didn't like the drafting technique from Gian- Giannis. I agree. I agree. But whenever you're the best player in the world, yeah, you can do I what you that. want. You, yeah. can, you can pick whoever you want when you feel comfortable. And LeBron wasn't going to go with his uh, Lakers buddy, so he wasn't picking Danny Green. Uh, <laughs> like, he couldn't. But uh, it was a, a great weekend that um, the NBA needed it, mm-hmm. um, especially with all the news. Um, of uh, Kobe, uh, they needed that. I thought it was a good kind of a send off. You still had some Kobe tributes, um, but I don't know if there's another league in the world could that could get it right like the NBA. There's not many times that they get stuff wrong, and credit to them. Indeed. Let's let's end this one on a good note here because we we had we had a little bit more to talk about. But I kind of want to get some more information on that Cavs tournament. Already? So we're gonna send uh-huh. that. We're gonna leave that to next week. And also, because Fury versus Wilder is coming up this Saturday, we're gonna try to preview it. But that's a little bit too juicy, and we're gonna have our, we're gonna have Joe talk about that as well. Yeah. So we're gonna have to wait on that one as well. Uh, can I throw out my prediction? Yeah. Um, Deontay Wilder knockout eleventh round. I think uh, I think Tyson Fury by unanimous. I think he outboxes him like he did. Um, I, I think he outboxed them in the first in the first fight. Uh, although I, I can't but disagree, I can't, I can't disagree with the judges uh, giving Deontay a loss when he knocked him down so, uh, as many times and oh. as a violent of a knockdown as I've seen. Uh, he knocked that, the thing, soul out of that's him. That's the thing, though. Like anybody, any typical referee would have called it off because yeah. he hit, his head mm-hmm. hit the canvas. So like and he it, was, it was motionless for a couple seconds. Right? Yeah, I, I, well, quick story. I was at a club actually watching that fight on my phone, sitting in a chair, had someone on my lap. I jumped oh. up <laughs> whenever he hit him, and then I was in the even more disbelief whenever Fury got up. I'd never seen anything like that. He knocked the soul out of him. I saw it leave his body. I watched it. See, it, it <laughs> it's got me just ready for a Saturday. That's, Super excited. I can't wait because. I think it's going to go all 12, 
and it might, they might they might try to pull like a split decision. And especially from because, the, some of the boxing we've been watching with Anthony Joshua, I'm over Joshua. Uh, <laughs> I I don't even want to watch him anymore. I I like because that fight with uh, Wilder and Fury, every round was good, and uh, we haven't been able to say that about previous heavyweight bouts. I do agree with you, Patton, saying that uh, Fury outbox Wilder. I think that's going to happen. But I also think he might. He's got to be careful. All, gonna, all it it's takes gonna, is it's gonna one. Be, yeah. It's going to be a few knockdowns where it'd be like, yo, you got to give him, you got to give him points. So that's why I think it might be like a split decision. I don't know what side it's going to go to, and the, but and I a, feel like a split decision is going to happen. And this also an, another big thing is that that fight that Fury had, that was his first fight in I think two or three years. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a couple fights under his belt. He's in probably the best shape he's been in in a while. And mentally – Although it came out recently, he might retire after his uh, contract with ESPN runs up. So he's kind of nearing the end of it, and he's probably wants to go out with, I think, would be bang. the biggest bang that we've seen in boxing in quite some time. Whew. Can't wait. Saturday, everybody should tune in as Wilder Fury 2. Much needed, yep. uh, much, much anticipated fight. But that is all we have today. It's 335, February 18th. This is Just Talking Sports, episode 10.